Hey, this is Scott from PhasingPlayer.com. This is the third and final part of my interview with Matt Eklund. In it, we talk primarily about PAX Transhumanity, its themes, and its development. My buddy Mike joins in for a lot of the conversation, and we all have a good time talking about the game. So I hope you guys enjoy this third and final part of the interview. Now, if you are listening to this on SoundCloud or a podcast app, I also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash phasingplayer. And if you're listening on YouTube, I also have a SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash phasingplayer. So go check both of them out, I guess, or check the other one out if you're using one. Anyway, on to the interview. With b Before we talk about transhumanity, let's briefly talk about emancipation, which you... You are not you, you don't you don't have a credit on it, but I do know that it was sort of in production at the same time or in, in design, the design phase at the same time as transhumanity and sort of borrowed some ideas from that. Um, what, what was the relationship there like between transhumanity and emancipation? Now, this is relatively um, relatively easy uh, for me to answer in the in the scheme of things. I never played Emancipation. I believe that I submitted Transhumanity before Emancipation ever was thought of or, or conceived as an idea. That may not be that may not be the case. Maybe it was an idea. Maybe it was on a drawing board somewhere that, that I didn't know about. Um, and um, I became aware of the project when notes were dropped on um, trans, the transhumanity living living rules that would say uh, uh, from Phil saying, hey, I'm stealing this stuff or I'm using all this for max emancipation <laughs> or whatever. And um, so I never played emancipation. I never play tested emancipation. I still I have a copy. He sent me a copy. It's still in, it's still in Saran Wrap, but I'm, I'm certainly familiar with. Um, uh, with the product and the and the idea, um, and I know that certain mechanisms were were borrowed from the transhumanity submission and ported over to to uh, emancipation. Now I believe all that happened before the the Ion Games uh, partnership, but I don't I don't honestly know much else about it. Okay, um, but. Um, Certainly, transhumanity was intended to be a um, a way to use the PAX system to explore idea development. And um, if Phil was looking at a game about, you know, this deconstruction of an idea, uh, uh, um, I guess I can certainly imagine that, that he would take some of the stuff from that. But... Um, um, that's it. I mean, that's all. Honestly, that's all I know about it. Um, okay. Uh, well, so I guess yeah. G getting into transhumanity a bit, then when when did you start development on that? Um, I don't know the answer. I'm going to say four years ago, but I um, uh, I do recall playing it a version, a incomplete, tragic version at a uh, at the local game convention. Um, that would be three or four years ago. Um, the integrated money aspect hadn't been sorted out, and I think I sorted out at that uh, at that convention. But um, you know, another one of these situations where random people are willing to play a random you know game that you printed out. It didn't have victory conditions in the game, yet. <laughs> stuff stuff like that. But that would certainly be early on in the development. Um, uh, of of transhumanity, and I'd always called the project Pax Transhumanity, but I simultaneously always hoped that it would get a better name, but it, <laughs> it never it never did. Um, I know the box for for a while, the box art on Board Game Geek had like a big H plus on it, and I I know a lot of people that would call it like H plus. Was that like humanity, like beyond or humanity plus, or like what what was that symbol? I'm, I'm yeah, so the tra the transhuman there. Above and beyond any of this, uh, any of this game universe, there's a there's a transhuman movement or uh, political ideology or or something like that with, with candidates and stuff like that. Uh, and they're an interesting bunch of uh, bunch of people. There's they have a magazine and things like that. And H plus is sort of this uh, um, meme of 
of humanity but better humanity mm. but uh, uh, but improved upon um i i didn't like the there was several images that were released on the board game geek that i think were really early in development and involved space shuttles and empty boxes and stuff like that but um i didn't like the i didn't like the h plus on the on the cover but i i i think uh I'm okay with the uh, with the H plus as a as a descriptor of the as a descriptor of the game. But the main problem the main problem is with the main problem is with the name is that a lot of people equate trains humanity with the with post humanity with like the idea that we're not humans anymore and that we are fill in the blank programs or signals or uploads or. Um, insect mutants whatever it is um <laughs> and th that the game was meant to be a near future game and so i'm not not sure transhumanity is even the right title for it it's meant to be wow. a game about idea development that moves us in that direction um but um it, no better title was ever uh, uh was ever put forward and so transhumanity it became Cool. So it's it is also the first non-historical PAX game. Uh, like, d did it feel like you were breaking like some unwritten rule or something? Like designing something <laughs> that wasn't set in history or based on a lord's design, you know, or, or whatever it might be. Instead, going to like a theoretical future. Well, you, with PAX Renaissance, I thought it was inconceivable. I I had restricted PAX Renaissance. Let me think. Well, my design of PAX Renaissance went from uh like the fall of constantinople to da gama in india or something um and in the end it ended up being like twice as long i mean it, it encompassed uh instead of being you know um 1452 to 1492 or 1500 it became like 1492 to 1540 or something it it Think about how tiny the amount of time period and space the Pax Porfiriana is relative to Renaissance. We're talking about a fairly uniform population across a 15 or 10 year period in Pax Porfiriana. And instead in Pax Renaissance, we're zooming out, we're including a huge number of empires, explorers, artists, uh, uh, idea developers, uh, Three major religions, a million minor ones, um, and almost a hundred. I mean, almost a hundred years of history in some of the most exciting and insane time period in Europe, um, in the Middle East, and the um, the scope of Pax Renaissance in the end of the game was was breath impossible in my mind. It seemed impossible that we could that we could that we could do that. And as I mentioned, my original design was a lot more limited, but we solved it by only including the most epic and major, you know, uh, and interesting for that matter, interactions, um, and events in that time period. And so transhumanity didn't see, honestly, didn't seem like that huge a challenge. Well, we'll just make it the whole world now. And and then we'll make it more than the world. We'll make it space too. And why not the virtual world? And what, you know, and um, all we gotta do is apply the same things we did in Renaissance, which is abstract and only focus on the biggest and most major and most important issues. Um, and and it's doable. And and that's that's how trains humanity. That's how trains humanity attempts to address those issues. Now, it it very understandably uh, opens itself up to some once again pretty reasonable criticism that you know large amounts of problems with with humankind are not even addressed or are just subsumed under some other uh, some little humanitarian chit or another in the game. Mm -hmm. So Renaissance. We already had, I mean, I already had experience of doing, cutting out, I mean, think, 
every artist in the Renaissance cut out of the game. 95% of the relevant towns, interesting locations cut out of the game, right? Like we just murdered huge parts of the Renaissance to make, to make PAX Renaissance uh, because we wanted to cover so much ground and so much territory and so much time period. So with PAX Transhumanity, in many ways, that was, we were just, con or I was just continuing the same uh, strategy. What is like the most important issues? And is that similar enough to another issue that I can include that in the same, you know, uh, uh, the same uh, angle or abstract uh, victory point or, or what have you? Um, it did feel, it did feel like a continuation of that. Um covering the entire planet and low earth orbit and uh, the virtual world and <laughs> here, there and everywhere um, uh, on the whole world. It, it wasn't so impossible seeming as PAX Renaissance seemed honestly to me. So you were saying um, that you, you've heard some criticism about stuff that you don't really touch on or that you, you sort of underplay maybe. Uh, and Mike, you, you had also sort of said that, that you felt like, there were certain things that you, from your perspective, weren't getting the attention that you kind of wanted it to. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I answer uh, uh, your thoughts and questions, but there, by zooming so far out that that I'm encompassing the entire planet for a 20 year period in the most you know technologically you know uh, speeding uh, time period. Uh, that Earth's history will encounter um, huge swaths of human experience had to be either eliminated entirely or just folded into sort of generic uh, ideas or um, uh, or victory points uh, in the game. I think it's a really honestly, I think it's a really fair criticism. Um, but my only my only meaningful response is. <clears throat> For whatever um, for whatever particular issue that um, one thinks should have been included in the game as its own uh, meritorious um, idea or barrier or problem or card, um, there are a thousand others e of equal deserving. And when you zoom that far out, sacrifices have to, horrible sacrifices have to be made. Um, and that's what, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, just to jump in, I, I don't want to start this call. I don't want to start this, this line of questioning is like, I'm the skeptic in the, in the, in the group. I enjoyed playing the game. I've, I've watched the game, uh, fully, uh, through once and, um, and played the game fully through once. Um, so I'm not anywhere near an expert. I'll, I'll say what really the thing that that I that I keep coming back to with the game, and maybe you can just speak on this, um, sure. maybe closer to like what 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 you were thinking when you developed the theme of the game is. Um, I think I come from, I, I'm certainly a futurist in a similar way. Like I, I I am very interested in what is to come, and the way that technology is. Maybe it's maybe it's what's causing my my lack of uh, ability to to expand my idea of the future, but I, I, you know, I think my idea of the future comes from something like Star Trek. Um, and, uh, and I think this is a, this is a slightly different take on, on what the future looks like. And, um, I think that you did a great job. I actually do like the, 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 the issue cards, you know, the, the, the advancement cards. And I think that, uh, it's fun to, to read them and to read the, um, to read the heat on them and like what those <laughs> and kind of like, like try to like decipher what you were. Um, so that's always fun. But like, I guess if you could speak to sort of the, uh, like, uh, the, how did you come up with this future, this future where, where, uh, where four uh, industrialists are, uh, are vying to save the world. <laughs> right. Uh, a very fair question. So the first thing I want to mention, Mike, is that before you uh, before you came on the call, I at least briefly undertook to explain uh, the game's title, which I which I don't which I don't think is optimal. I honestly I honestly don't. And uh, um, sort of certain futurist ideals in general. 
And whereas this game is supposed to be a near future technology development game, the idea of transhumanity, which many people um, equate with sort of distant future um, concepts, um, I was never entirely comfortable with. But honestly, we never came up with anything. We honestly never came up with anything better. So, so transhumanity it is. And so many, um, many of the ideas in the game um, are, <laughs> I wouldn't say um, have already been obviated, but there was a pro- there was a time in the development where, where uh, we had a car, I remember what it was, quantum dots or something. And um, uh, then all of a sudden it became a thing. Like it was like a thing that people could do and interact with. It was already commercialized and it became irrelevant. So we threw it out. And there's a lot of ideas that are that are pretty great ideas that are, in my mind, they're so such low hanging fruit that they are going to happen that I did not include them in the game. So um, self-driving cars is is like even four years ago, three years ago, whenever I whenever I designed the thing um, is so obvious to me that that is a critically important and is going to happen like this is not a is it going to happen is it isn't it going to happen it's going to happen the value is so incredible and the payoff is so close that um i didn't include it in the game because it was too um it was too obvious the game is supposed to take place you know in uh you know 2030 2040 uh 2050 um, self-driving cars are going to be the dominant car uh, by that time. Uh, I I would humbly predict in my uh, coming from my um, uh, fundamental belief that I don't really understand anything that's going on. And I should mention that um, I did a lot of research for Pax Transhumanity, but I am not some elite futurist who knows perfectly and can look into the crystal ball and see uh, how things are going to play out. The fact that I am uh, currently sequestered in my home for the past six weeks or whatever will uh, uh, is evidence of that is evidence of that fact. But there's also some ideas that I think are sort of generally terrible ideas that I didn't put that I didn't put into the game um, that I think are going to play out in, in the in the near future. Um, the cards themselves are supposed to represent ideas and not products, and so. It's very easy to look at Pax Transhumanity and sort of view it as a, well, I am a business and I am going to make products and sell them to the world. And in some ways, in some ways, the game is intended to to simulate that. However, the cards themselves really um, represent m- the foundations of those products, the the fundamental bases upon which numerous companies, a million companies and livelihoods will be based on these, uh, on whether these certain ideas are adopted or not, are not adopted. Um, but the ideas themselves, irrespective of the uh, uh, fortunes of the person or the leading people who try to figure this stuff out, these ideas are going to have a positive, a net net positive, I should say, a net positive impact. And um, I don't think that's inconsistent with, with history. Um, I do generally have an optimistic view of, uh, of the near future. However, the game certainly does make optimistic assumptions about a um the way that these ideas um are going to uh affect humanity but b also about the motivations of the individual players um uh who are uh, who are playing in the game the i the general concept is going to be that um Individuals who just care about money are just sort of fluff in the game. They're filler. They sort of fill in the space. They they um, are going to help idea A accomplish uh, uh, goal B by making money at point C. Um, 
And those have been almost entirely abstracted out of the game. Um, certainly, certain ideas may be more profitable than others, and they certain ideas have growth and others don't. So it's not completely removed from gameplay. But the idea assumes that the assumes and maybe maybe irrationally so, but assumes that the players are going to care about humanity's outcome and not just their own personal fortune. And I think I think that I think that these people exist in the world. Um, and I, I certainly um, hope they do. <laughs> and and so it is. That's that's the base. That's the whole basis of the game. Um, um, but I'm happy. I, it's a weird. I mean, it's a weird idea. I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing's a weird idea. But the the thing is, trained humanity is intended to explore the interactions of ideas and the weird, the truly weird way that ideas become adopted. And how certain ideas uh, that are adopted become part of, of human history and in the game, the human progress play, um, trigger and nudge humanity in certain directions and in certain ways. Um, it's entirely possible that this game should not be a near future game and instead I should have made it a recent past game instead and... and um, had the cards be, you know, the, the internet and the um, interesting uh, international uh, flights and uh, you know this, that, and the other thing, but but whatever. I was I was excited about. It. I'd been reading a lot of mm -hmm. uh, uh, Neil Stevenson and Werner Vinge and whatever. I was I wanted to make a game about about the future. And um, I find, I think it's so interesting it, that you 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 even pointed it out the uh, the the sort of irony that it's called transhumanity. And in the in that it, it the whole point of that would be to transcend all of sort of what you're doing in the game right uh, thematically if you were to hit that trans if you were to hit that that emergence so to speak right um uh you would transcend all of that and all of the all of the you know money and all of the things would go away but um right. but yeah yeah no so that's i think that's that's interesting. It's a, it's a, uh, I, I, I personally really enjoy the, the ideas cards. Like I said already, I think that, um, it's fun to, it's really fun to have them out, you know, uh, decide to decide to, uh, invest or, you know, um, syndicate one and the, the, the meta of the game talking about like, or not the meta, but like the, the idea of like where we're talking like, Oh, well now I'm, uh, I'm doing open borders, but you did this, and that affects open borders in this way. Is just a, a you know sort of a fun uh, thought experiment each time you do something in the game. So, yeah, the game got the game got I think weirder when I I finally accepted that I truly did want social movements and political ideas to be in the game, um, and when I wanted the idea cards to not be products, like period. I didn't want this to be a product development game i wanted it to be an idea development game the idea that you're affecting um humanity and that ideas are fundamentally a part of us like that's a weird thing to think about but the fact that the internet exists changes every human being on the planet's life like it changes it fundamentally changes how everyone lives their life and it becomes integrated into who we are. No, we are not transcending our our, our meat puppet bodies or whatever <laughs> yet. But that doesn't mean that these technological ideas are not becoming a fundamental part of who we are. And in fact, the original the original card set that I sent to Phil on each end of the card had a little uh, a little DNA thing, a little DNA thing, and. Um, so the idea of the splay, you'd be building this DNA splice of all the different, you know, uh, uh, of all the different um, uh, disciplines in the game, the technological disciplines in the game. And they were all cleverly lined up to match the Gattaca thing. So A is assembly, it's an orange one. It's uh, so Gattaca, you know, style. They all, they all sort of group, group dynamics or computing. They all, they all, they all match that thing. So you'd be, you'd be encoding what human progress and what humanity looks like 
30 years from now, because all of this is accelerating. And, and it's accelerating, whether I say it's accelerating, it's, it's independently, objectively accelerating, as it has been since the Renaissance. Um, and I don't personally have control over that. However, I think that human beings should be more aware of how integrated these ideas are how how important they are how fundamentally a part of us that they are as well as the fact that that is going to continue to accelerate it's going to get faster and faster and the types of things that are going to happen over the lifespan over the lifespan of a particular individual is going to become far greater than they were a generation ago and 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 an order of magnitude or more beyond the generation before that and I hope one of the ideas of the game was to get people to, to think about these. These things are coming. Like there are idea cards in Pax Transhumanity, which were totally not exascale computing and, you know, things like that were totally nuts three years ago. And now, you know, they're working on like they're going to happen. Like it's it's only it's a matter of time. It's not a matter of a long distance time. It's a matter of a short distance time. Um, and I think we need to, um, um, I think humanity would be better off if we started to accept and screen these ideas and recognize that these ideas are going to be fundamentally changing um, our daily lives as well as our collective lives. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think we still are in the, I like the idea of you saying that it's like this part of this DNA of humanity, because I think we are, you know, something like the internet, we are still slow to people are still slow to accept governments or slow to accept the fact that the internet is this thing that is not just a product that some people enjoy it's affecting the lives of every person on the planet and it and their lives are intertwined with it right forever forever like we can't get away from it so right um, so yeah i think it's interesting that that that's that that that's the way you were going i i i, I, I like that so that that was the idea. It's painful. I mean, it really, it's, it's actually painful to think of all the things that were abstracted out of Pax Transmit. All of the exciting things that are going to happen in the next five years, 10 years, 15 years that um, uh, Pax Transhumanity doesn't even vaguely touch on. But um, I do, I do hope that the people can, can, can play this game and maybe just get a better it's not it's not educational game it's not teaching anything it's not a preachy game but just get a better idea of like how these things come about how we don't know what's going to come out we have a vague idea hey there's a bunch of stuff that's sort of on the horizon which of these ideas is going to become part of humanity right there was a time when the radio was just sort of this vague, kooky thing that nobody really understood and whatever. Like, is that going to become part of what we know? I don't know. Right, And right. so the game starts from the fundamental. It really does. I, tr I really tried to start from the fundamental basis that I have no clue how this is going to play out. Like, I have no idea how this is going to play out. There's going to be a bunch of cards out there. Some of those cards are going to be viable. Some of those cards are going to interact with others and make them viable. And some of these cards are going to be a total waste upon humanity and be lost in the annals of history and never be thought of again. And I'm not an expert. I don't know what's going to be what, but the players can explore that space. That was the that was the uh, that was the idea of Pax Transhumanity, um, for better or worse. Uh, in in regards to like the players identities uh you have each each player has like a name listed there blogger colonel citizen and doctor uh what was the impetus be behind putting those on the player like placards versus keeping it a little more abstract because it, it it seems very direct to say like you are a blogger right that one in I particular <laughs> that is a that is a that is an excellent question. When I submitted the game, it did not include names for the individual players. Uh, it also had uh, different colors, but colors were chosen due to color blindness issues, and player names were chosen due to I don't know the answer. So, uh, wow. so you you did not influence that decision at all. It just suddenly it was on there. 
that that is correct. I had no input at all as to who was named citizen and why, but certainly if they had thrown around citizenry powers or colonelry powers, I would have probably had something to say about that. But sure. <laughs> they're just gonna name the players, I don't really care. Colonel Green, Bill Muster, whatever, in the in the <laughs> observatory. Sure. <laughs> uh, so yeah, because that that was that uh, that was something that when we um, uh, first played the game, and I think I think you watched us play play that one, Mike, or maybe you watched us play the second or time or something. But anyway, um, we sat down and just kind of discussed the theme of the game a bit, and it was a hang up for some of us of like, wh- wh- why? What does it mean? I'm a blogger. Like, what does this mean? I'm running like a super successful blog, and I have billions of dollars <laughs> because of that. Uh, like, yeah, so- I think. Some of us suggested, like, I think it was a, a Jimmy, Mike. I think a Jimmy said you should just take a piece of tape and put it over those names, and it would like make the theme kind of connect harder. If I could, in my head, put together who I represent instead of the game saying I am a citizen, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I certainly understand that point of view. I don't think it's that big a deal. The only thing that distinguishes the players when they start the game, other than you know turn order and whatever starting money that's based on the turn order, is the particular patent that they start with Mm -hmm. it's you know maybe easier to imagine that some sort of social media mogul might have more patents in the computing realm or something and maybe that that's what motivated that but i it honestly um it it doesn't matter to me this was not intended to be a personal uh uh, a personal game about you 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 um uh it's a game about trying to uh solve human problems and direct human history towards whatever whatever your whatever your agenda is now and i have a question just a thought in my head is if these if these players are trying to are trying to advance human history um or advance humanity towards this this transcendence or whatever it ends up you know if that's not the right word um um why not why keep um, keep it within the realm of business um, and not allow for? I mean, not that, not that, not that you can. Not that even that's possible in the gameplay way of, of the way the game plays. But you know, something to me is like interesting that they have patents and they keep patents and they sell patents. And it's like this would move faster if we just gave it to everybody. Um, but. Um, but then you turn into this this philanthropist, right? You just turn into this uh, 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 selfless billionaire, which uh, yeah, maybe just unrealistic at this point. I guess I guess my that that's an interesting question, right? Because there's nothing uh, there's nothing wrong with philanthropy. Philanthropy, uh, certainly on the the giga scale, can can really create some interesting innovation and things like that. But I don't think that that's where the vast majority of innovation is, is, is occurring. Um, maybe on the app, maybe on the application side or, or something like that. Most ideas that are improving human circumstances have a huge supporting structure that comes from the economy and the economy exists because people are making money at the different levels of which they're which they're applying these things the general idea that these ideas needed to be viable um is is a commercial is a sort of a commercial based viewpoint um the idea that these ideas need to be self-supportive and that you're not going to be able to just expect um, some government somewhere to um, be able to maintain these ideas on their own or innovate these ideas on their own. But that said, I, 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 I included the concept of utilities in the game or I wanted ways for public infrastructure to be able to influence and dramatically um, affect the way that ideas are developed. And you'll find that through the, the subsidy mechanic, um, mm-hmm. the subsidy uh, mechanic in the game. Um, but the reality is who invented, who came up with it or who, you know, spent the money to, to kick off the whole thing is almost irrelevant in the annals of history. The question of is, is the idea self-supportive? Is the idea such a good one that we're going to, that we're going to adopt it and, and 
and make it part of us. Um, I, I, I certainly agree that um, a lot of innovation does come from that. And I do think, and I, so I think that that's fine. I, I don't, that part of it isn't even necessarily my question. I guess the question is where's, um, where's that next step, right? If, 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 um, if we're going to, if we're going to develop, um, I don't know, I I have to come up with, you know, whatever it is, but, um, if we're going to develop X thing, um, X thing then needs to enter, enter the, 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 uh, zeitgeist of, of humanity. And if you look at something like the internet, right. Uh, at, at that point, it, it it was developed partially by the government, right? And 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 then and then accelerated by um, by private after sure. private industry after that. So I, I guess the, the the point that I'm getting to is that um, when I play the game, I feel like I'm I I I I feel like I'm trying to make myself. I'm trying to win, right? I'm trying to win by making the best. <laughs> sure. And it and it feels a little bit of a disconnect with the uh, I'm trying to advance humanity to this like new realm. And again, it's being pedantic. I mean, I think I think me personally, I get into uh, I get into theme quite a bit, and I you know sometimes when the when the theme doesn't jive in my head, you know, it's, it's like it's bothersome when really it's you know. It's a game, so you know. <laughs> what you you don't want to win at life, Mike? I mean, really? Come on, aren't we all aren't we all out to win? Yeah. So, I mean, so no, I I think that's a really good. I I think that's a really. I think that's a a fair criticism, but b really good point. And there's gonna be there's gonna be a divergence in the game. So there's some ideas in the game, and I think I mentioned before there's some ideas in the game that really aren't commercially like how are you supposed to make a product out of universal basic income like i mean there's there's social movements and social ideas in the game that were included and they do break from the fundamental uh sort of product based uh corporate uh um idea development that many of the other parts of the game uh subsume all I can say is I included those ideas. I, I included those ideas to try to let people know that hey, there's broad, there's broad appeal to these ideas. Now some of them are going to include um, depressions and things like that. But hey, man, if you need a green point right now, like who cares? Who cares about money? And I mean, honestly, who cares about money in the game? These points yeah, are right. points, right? So, um, and I. I think I would propose, but once again, I, I do this tentatively with the with the understanding I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> that certain extreme so social measures are going to ha- certain social structures are going to have to be modified or put into place to uh, buffer against uh, uh, purely corporate profit based interest. Um, and I, I the game attempts. To simulate uh, simulate this by both including social ideas um, on the cards and scoring points uh, with those ideas, but also providing a separate means of which to commercialize cards or to do work. Whether maybe it's research, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not even commercializing idea. Maybe it's just getting new ideas out there um, right. through the utilities, through the public, uh, through the through the public uh, uh, means. Yeah, I think that I think that that connects to me. And you know, I, I'm thinking about it now. And Scott mentioned the um, the the names on the cards, and I think that's where the disconnect comes for me because I almost and tell me if this is something. And this will be the last thing I I, I question you on it. But it, it, maybe this is something you thought about: is like you have these like unfettered uh, billionaires almost as some of the characters, and then what? Like if the other character, almost when I saw the colonel, I thought about it. It's this like you know, restricted bureaucratic government character who, who, <laughs> who has his, who has his own, uh, his own issues. He has, like, he has some benefits of being, you know, uh, the government, but, um, but has his own, uh, his own negatives because of that. Um, I, I guess that's where it came, it came from, right? We, we see these, we saw, I see these names on it and I go, okay, well then who are these people? You know, and I, maybe that's just where the disconnect comes for me, but. Yeah, I, I don't have much to say about the colonel or any specific uh, character, as, uh, as I mentioned, but I will say that unfettered 
is a tricky word to throw around in Pax Transhumanity, which I think has one of the tightest, most restrictive financial systems of any of the Pax games. Um, you are extremely fettered. You cannot throw money at bad ideas. Like you just can't. Like it that's is. an interesting. That's an interesting segue too. I think I was going to say too that the 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 way that if you can talk about how you came up with it, the way that you that you fundraise is interesting. It's uh, it's 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 different. I have I have attempted to put a concept called integrated money. So the idea that money represents flows of money rather than actual piles of money. Um, into every Lords and Pax game design since the since the beginning of time, I've tried to get this <laughs> this concept to work. And um, uh, originally, the original um, the original Pax Transmedia, like original original, like no victory conditions, no one really knows what's going on, but the idea of disciplines and idea development is in play. Every player would have these cubes every turn, and you would place them in different places sort of like a worker placement game and they would affect that every single turn they'd sort of reset every single turn but what i didn't like was that it didn't simulate the advantages of liquidity it didn't simulate the advantages of of not being invested in particular ideas and, and being able to explore your options and so adding the idea that spending an action will generate the sort of virtual money based on how many things you're not doing, um, I think was uh, critical and very early on uh, part of part of Pax Transhumanity's development. Um, and I love I, I love the financial system in Transhumanity. I think it's great. I think it's I, when a player takes a takes an action to undo things they've done previously this can be viewed as cruel or uh counterproductive it it flies in the face of everything a euro game is ever about right like uh, uh the idea that you'd ever bid on a card and then have to spend time to unbid on a card is is nonsense but but the rea the game space is so weird and it, it creates its own natural balancing mechanism there's a lot of advantages to to using it i love that system um, yeah, I, I do, too. and I hope to. I hope to use it more in the. I hope to use it more in the future. I, I honestly, of all the, uh, I, I'm not a mechanics guy. I mean, I, I've never come up with a great game mechanic ever. But this, this might be. If you had to say which one's the best one you came up with, this would be the one. I don't know if if you if, yeah, if you good. came up with flipping the little plane upside down in Kriegbot to make it a helicopter. Uh, I, I, I that may not have been me. Honestly, that that could just as easily have been Phil. I I don't I don't. <laughs> that sounds like a Phil idea to me. It does. It sounds like an engineer. It sounds like an aeronautical engineer or whatever mechanical yeah, engineer. Okay, whatever. Sure, was. sure. Well, the, but yes, the the I think the finance the 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 wealth system in transhumanity is great. It it also not only does it create really interesting like kind of game states because like you said you you'll do something to sink a lot of your stuff from capital to wealth or wealth to debt. And then you say, I can't go forward living with all this debt. I need to spend some time now. Yeah. Undoing the thing that I just did. It's like I, I gained a small benefit and then had to take a couple steps backwards to kind of catch up uh, with myself. Um, but it's also super elegant. Like it, it means you don't end up with this messy stack of money. You don't end up with this like, Okay, hold on. I gotta count how many thing, how many coins do I have in the stack again? Or I have a big mess of things here. Like it's very clean and easy to see other players' stuff. Um, I, th I think it, I think it works on multiple levels. So yeah, kudos to you for coming up with that. It, it's it's quite nice. Well, thanks. Yeah, and I, yeah the debt leveraging is pretty cool. I like. Yeah, I think what I what I was gonna say is I really like the um, the fact that you can't get if you get into debt it's harder to get out of that than it is to stay above debt um into the wealth capital cycle um i thought that was interesting that like if you end up with all your cubes in debt it's like oh boy <laughs> yeah yeah so, something something i tell people a lot the first time we play is do not let all of your cubes end up in debt because then you're going to spend several turns like struggling yeah, my advice is a little bit of debt is fine. And we that's how it is in the real world. It's really weird. I don't know why, but a little bit of debt is fine. But a lot of debt is bad. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. if you have a little bit of stuff in debt, it means your money's doing something, presumably. Right. And if your right. money's just sitting there not doing anything, then it, then why do you have it, right? You should have a bit of debt because that means you're doing something. That that Chris Peters, one of our playtesters, has has pointed out numerous times that if you have a bunch of cubes on your finance board, you are losing the game. <laughs> if you are rich, you are losing this game right now. You are losing this game. You cannot yeah. be rich in this game. You've got to be. You've got to be controlled poor. <laughs> yes, yes, very much. You need. You should have a, a, enough enough cubes on your finance board to react to stuff going around, but uh, have your cubes out there as syndication or as as employees or whatever heat. Um, which actually, I I'm curious about the uh, like the the heat system in the game. How you when you um, uh, syndicate an idea you also have to manage sort of what comes along with the idea you're getting into uh and i for me that that the theme of heat uh works it works quite well and like the that there's like an issue uh like what was it the white ones are the ones you have to deal with and the black ones are optional um that there's some issue some in uh, like unavoidable problem that's going to come up if you start to meddle with this idea uh but then there's also another likely thing that'll come up a likely problem that you don't have to deal with to get this idea functional but you maybe you should um like how 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 did you come to kind of put that together like the to make that work so the idea that some of these near future ideas are going to have a certain social cost like there's going to be a certain resistance to many of these for sometimes for perfectly good reasons um, was fairly obvious early on in the game. I wanted there to be a cost and costs in this game because there it's already integrated money. I knew it was going to involve inputting cubes into play that would be retrieved through, through game mechanisms, but because they're not on your finance board, they're not, they're not money anymore. Um, you know, budgetary restrictions and things like that. I also, uh, from very early on, wanted the ability of that heat to permanently affix itself to the human progress play as what the game calls future shock, which is to allow players themselves to have slightly different sort of, using the DNA uh, analogy earlier, have a slightly different DNA than other players. And so that they could be the riskier, edgier sorts that gain more pairings that allow them to leverage new ideas. Well, other players miss the boat on that, won't have access to that, but simultaneously don't have cubes that are sort of lost to the void. Um, I also wanted, being a fan of Werner Vinge, the idea of this sudden singularity game end to be in the game. Um, that went through a lot of different iterations, but... I wanted there to be a way for victory points in the traditional sense not to matter, like not to our human ails to, to be totally irrelevant if we achieve some uh, hyper acceleration of technological development. Um, and so future shock was the obvious choice for victory in, the, in those circumstances. Whoever pushed us to the limit, whoever was brave enough to not listen to the naysayers and just go go get this done um, would be the winners would be the winners of the game. However, the distinction between black and white heat was actually not my invention. Phil was was submitted a game that only included white heat and it also included impacts uh, for uh, security threats and liberty threats. The sort of general uh thing that the nuclear exchanges uh icons became in the game later he's the one who translated those impacts into this idea of hey you can put safeguards on certain uh on certain technologies or not in others and and added black heat as a concept to the game which i think was brilliant is uh, it was it was a really great uh, a really great suggestion um, and it really and it, and it really worked out. But the original design of the game, the one that I submitted however many years ago, um, did not include the two colors of heat. And the largest change to the game, other than adding secret agendas, um, which was a rather late in the development 
um, and the tycoon victory for that matter to to try to balance certain game end circumstances. Um, those are the only real substantial changes that were made. But I I, I really love the 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 black heat the black heat mechanic. I had tried to simulate dangerous ideas using sort of impacts that were negative impacts like the nuclear exchange icon that would affect all players and things like that. But how much cooler is it that black heat can become part of our human progress and the danger of humanity's survival can be evaluated by just looking at our DNA and, and seeing how many bad ideas did we put into place without safeguards? How many dangerous ideas did we put into to play without safeguards? This is great. That is great. Absolutely yeah. great. Yeah, like if we, I think, what is it? Open Borders has, I think, terrorism as as black heat. Like we we instituted these these open borders measures, and we didn't really consider, yeah, like the the real danger of that that could come up. Yeah, it isn't about considering; it's about investing in the things to actually solve those issues, right? I mean, that's all money. All those, all the heat cubes require is money. I say all you need is money. Money is everything. Money is a huge part of transhumanity, and every cube is incredibly valuable. But, and yet, those safeguards are going to have value to the player, and they're going to have they're going to have value to everybody. And so, I, I think it's I think it's pretty similar to to actual humanity, where there's going to be ideas that we adopt slowly, and ideas that we adopt quickly, and ideas that we adopt um, based on certain disasters or events that events that take place um that's why i think you know i I hesitate to segue into current uh events or whatever but you know something like covid19 while a horrifically tragic individual event and for numerous people is is absolutely an atrocity is in the scheme of of human progress probably a good thing we need the we need the experience we need the opportunity to test some of our social dynamics our technological innovations our ability to repurpose resources our ability to restructure the way that we operate our societies to um practice in response to this you know fairly natural in the scheme of things uh, uh epidemic when we're going to be combating uh, a very unnatural bioterrorism and things like that in the, in the coming decades. Sure. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, you know, we learn from these sorts of atrocities and these sorts of terrible uh, natural events uh, in some capacity. Right. So uh, yeah, I understand that. Uh, and then in regards to um, you, you, you mentioned uh, Phil's contribution to, uh, to the, the game in terms of black heat, uh, he also did the the footnotes for the game. Is that right? He put those together. <laughs> yeah, he did. I don't know. I'd put footnotes in the rules that I'd submitted, and some of those survived in various degrees. Things that things that described what certain things meant. So, uh, you know, what's first world? What's developing world? And uh, things like that. Some of those. Some of those are. Some of those are for me. But uh, a vast. A lot of the footnotes um, were Phil Eklund specials. Okay, sure, uh, and you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get into the rabbit hole that is Phil Eklund footnotes. Um, but like, do you is, are those things you sign off on, or did you see them before they went through, or is it ultimately his decision, and so he just put them in, and that was that? No, I I got to see them, and I got to sound off on them. However, after seeing them and sounding off on them, I did require him to put in a footnote zero, which said, hey, these aren't the the designer's uh, (laughs) thoughts. So if you, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure if you look at the first page of the rules or something, uh, it'll it'll say, like, these are Phil Ackland's thoughts on this whole thing. And um, I, uh, there's no universe where I will say I agree with, uh, all of, uh, all of his footnotes or, or something like that. But the game, I, on a fundamental level, I think the game speaks for itself. And I, uh, I, I don't think that the game universe is, is really dramatically harmed by, by Phil Eklund's, uh, uh, uh philosophies or thoughts about the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, are waxing poetic in his footnotes. I, 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 I don't, it creates conversations that will, will 
help people evaluate their own decisions and their own thoughts on these things. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a super negative, but, um, but were there footnotes that didn't make the cut? I'm pretty sure there were. Um, I think there were a couple, I think there were a couple I vetoed. I don't, I don't remember offhand, but um, sure. Some of them are not entirely in line with the, um, with, uh, with my goals in designing the game, but I think the game speaks for itself. Yeah, I, I think I, yeah, you certainly don't need to read the footnotes to understand the game. And um, I, I agree that the game stands on its own in that regard. Uh, I just want to emphasize that I don't think, I don't think it's a negative position. I mean, I don't think it's heartless for a game designer to include certain really zoomed out ideas at the absence of, of others like there's there's so many like good ideas in the world and and good causes and real harms that technology and ideas can solve that are not even slightly broached or addressed in transhumanity and i certainly hope that people who play the game will recognize the absurd challenge it is to try to cut i was I got 25 chits in the game. That was I was told it's five by five. You get 25 or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Like, what an absurd challenge it is to try to uh, to hone that down to the only the, the biggest and most important from your from your own biased viewpoint as a game designer. Um, it's a it's a pretty intense challenge. So I hope people will give it a little bit of a break from that standpoint. Wow, so you you were like given the mandate of you only get twenty five chits. Yeah, I I think that once again my yeah my memory on these things isn't perfect. Could I have petitioned for more? You know, come hell or high water, probably. But but I knew I wanted chits to actually be able to represent the costs in the columns because the board wasn't going to be included in the game. Um. And the cards were going to be splaying differently and flowing top down in a way that the PAX games hadn't done previously. And so there, that took up six of my, six of my problems right there. Numerous other problems and numerous other idea cards and tons of other stuff got left by the wayside in the wreckage of, of developing and finally uh, uh, publishing Chains Humanity. And it's a very fair criticism of the game that it's a very abstract um exercise uh certainly compared to the other pax games but but it's it's done with the it's it's done with a good intent let's say that do you have a favorite uh idea card in the game is there something in there that you're like man i i really i want to know what happens when this thing is that in real life is is you know invested into um i think there's I always liked the card Songrasites. I mean, the one that, the card that gets the most talk about and whenever it comes up or whatever is open source sexuality, which I think is kind of a, a fairly blase card in the scheme of things. But Songrasites, the idea that we can uh, inject ourselves with nanorobots to give us constant medical um, analysis. I, I just don't see how that could be a, I mean, of course there's ways for it to be negative, but you think of people with pacemakers now, you know, you've got devices, even theoretically hackable devices inside our hearts. Is it really, is it really such a mass horrible idea to have tiny little robots roaming our bloodstream, cleaning stuff up, figuring stuff up, sounding alarms and doing, doing what have you. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I like that card name. I don't remember what inspired it, but um, that's my that's my that's one of my favorite cards in the game. Cool. Um, so a, a name that sticks out to me, uh, I think, because it's it it just sounds very grand. Um, is enslaved god? Uh, <laughs> like we were talking earlier about kind of you know RPGs and tabletop games and and kind of the big stories and I think Enslaved God is like this is a dramatic card <laughs> like next to you know what what is it like Spy Dust and Universal Basic Income and all this stuff and then Enslaved God has like a big blue man on it and the heat is like it escapes or something um, where yeah. like where so did that come some- from. Well, the game the game originally included several super technologies, which actually required three disciplines in a row. 
um, to accomplish, those were folded into the um, those were folded into the actual game, just with an epic moniker that would give nuclear exchange and cause and cause other things. I forget what the super tech was for computing, but it got renamed to uh, it got renamed to Enslaved God. But the basic idea of the card is that we are going to have the ability in the near future of creating a creator. So creating an artificial intelligence that can create uh, and test and improve artificial intelligences. And when you have that sort of auto evolution, an auto evolution that can operate on a time scale that we can't even conceive, like even we blink and things change in this in this universe and that the, the speed of calculations that these things are running on um you can um imagine a circumstance where humans harness sort of a super ai a meta ai an ai that can build ais um and the one thing we would never want to give such a thing is autonomy <laughs> right. Sure. And if we somehow were able to to eliminate its ability to auto evolve autonomy, um, if you could put certain safeguards in or, uh, you know, I say safeguards, uh, prison walls or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call them in, into place that you might be able to have a sort of you know, super powerful, super knowledgeable computer program that simultaneously has no ability to um, to conceive or want or uh, creatively um, achieve on its own or have um, individual freedoms or, or liberty. And um, that's the <laughs> that's the idea. And that such a thing might be somewhat unique like the first one in the world might be the only one in the world like it's not obvious why you'd want two of these things mm -hmm. um depending on how your society is structured now in reality ai's is a ai technology the it's a it's an arms race i mean in the future there's going to be ai's from with made by different creators battling it out over uh, over different uh, 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 platforms and things like that. And we're going to, there's going to be AIs spreading disinformation and AIs cleaning up disinformation and uh, AIs doing this, that, and the other thing. But but maybe it doesn't play out that way. I don't know. I mean, I, that would be my guess how it plays out. Maybe it doesn't play out that way. Maybe it plays out that there's one AI that, uh, and then we don't need another AI. And that, and that AI does all the, does all the AIing for the whole world. Yeah, maybe um, maybe the AI is a really cool guy and just wants to you want to crack a beer with him. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the whole concept <laughs> of cool and the concept of guy, everything gets real blurry out there. And I got to say, man, this is this was not from that perspective, this was another reason that this was a hard game to make, man, because certain things lack meaning at the end of this rainbow. Sure. And sure. Uh, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I took my shot. I'm gonna say, uh, yeah. I I I think you I, th I think you did a great job. I I like transhumanity a whole lot. Uh, I I've played it. I I've, I've been meaning to get to the uh, the solitaire game um, and to, to you know try that out. But it's certainly uh, probably the first PAX title I'll grab for right now. Um, oh, if you know if that's the sort of system um, I'm in the mood for. Uh, and yeah i should mention you mentioned the solitaire game i had nothing to do with the solitaire game i had not i've had i'm not a solitaire player i've had nothing to do with any solitaire game version of any game that has my name on it since the beginning of time uh phil made pax porfiriana into a solitaire game which i told him was an impossible task and yet he did um uh an awesome an awesome job with and yoon manker did the uh 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 monker did the uh pax transhumanity one once again with no input for me and somehow succeeded and i don't know how he did it but it doesn't seem achievable to me but um but i just want to throw that out there i can't take any credit for any solitaire version of any of these okay well uh, i'll i'll be sure to edit this all out and then i'll play it and blame you yeah. when it's not any good <laughs> there you go <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, uh, I, I think that's about 
that's about it because Transhumanity is the most recent game you've uh, you put out. Came out last year, 2019, and um, yeah, I'm interested certainly to see what you're working on next. I uh, like I said, I, I I'm sort of at a point with a lot of the titles that come out of Sierra Madre that I I'm much more interested if your name is is on the box. Um, I think you're a, a great designer. I think you're putting out some really interesting stuff over the over, you know over the years. Being that it's not your full-time job, I understand you're not putting out stuff every year or anything, uh, but it, it's clear, I think, that you put a lot of work into the the titles you do, uh, you know, end up releasing. Um, and I appreciate, all, you know, all, all the work you put into them from, you know, your Krieg bots and your, your artifacts to, you know, transhumanity and work you did on Renaissance. Um, yeah, I, I, I told some people I was going to be interviewing you and, 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 you know, if they had any questions I wanted to throw your way. Uh, and I think you've sort of naturally answered a lot of them before I even had the chance to ask. But one that several people said was, when are you going to make more games? Like, cause I think, I think you've got some fans out there that want to see you, you know, keep producing stuff. Well, thank you, Scott. Those are very kind words. I, I certainly appreciate uh, I, I appreciate this, uh, the the support and the opportunity to, to to have this conversation, which is not one I've ever had. So, um, yeah, thank thank you for sitting down for uh, what's going to be like three hours now and talking with me. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you, uh, you take care of yourself. Hey, that was very nice to meet you, Mike. Yeah, great to meet you too. And I mean, I tell you one thing: I'm very excited to play Kriegbot at some point when this thing is over. So, um, so that that is what I'm looking forward to. I'm I'm psyched. I'm glad. I think I'm still. That's one. That's one of my favorites. I'm I'm almost done with the uh, the tabletop simulator module for it. So. Uh, oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, thank. That is that's I'm su- uh, that's that's super great. It's so it's so weird to hear even people say the word Kriegbot. Like, uh, it's, 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 I just got, Scott explained it to me after we play, after he showed me transhumanity and I I was like, well, that sounds like a game I really want to play. (laughs) Very exciting. Well, some, someday I'm going to make the, uh, the hybrid transhumanity creek, but crossover simulation. When the the singularity happens, that's when the Krieg bot starts. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. You know, Phil, Phil loves, you know, your BIOS Genesis feeds into Megafauna, feeds into Origins, feeds into High Frontier. You got to, we need Kriegbot second edition and then rules to go from transhumanity to Kriegbot and bring your transhumanity game over into that world. That is, that is not bad. It, it, at the end of one of the nuclear exchanges. <laughs> at the start <laughs> of your Kriegbot game, you know, modify the map in this the way. Record. Perfect. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot, man. All right, it's good talking to you guys. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stay healthy, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you again. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up this interview with Matt Eklund. I had a great time talking to him. Matt is a really nice guy, and I love his games, as I said toward the end there. I hope that this inspires you guys to go check out the stuff that he's done, uh, including, but not limited to, Pax Transhumanity. If you guys enjoyed this, subscribe to whatever channel you're listening to this on, YouTube or SoundCloud. And if you really enjoyed this, or any of the other content that I've made for Phasing Player, consider a donation. Go to phasingplayer.com donate. There are a handful of options there for one-time donations or a recurring. Anyway, I'll see you guys in the next video or the next interview, and I hope you also all stay safe and healthy.